Welcome to Sunlight Connections, a homeschool podcast. In this podcast, we hope that you get the opportunity to connect with other homeschoolers for encouragement, tips, and fellowship. Like Sunlight's curriculum offerings, we explore homeschooling through the lens of a literature-rich, Christ-centered education. Join us on this adventure. Welcome. Today we are talking about all things language arts. Joining me is Rhonda. She is one of our Sunlight Language Arts experts. Rhonda, would you please tell us a little bit more about you? Sure. Um, I am actually, if you want to say retired homeschooler, you could, but I'm still teaching in a homeschool co-op language and literature and writing. And I raised five children and um, they have all subsequently graduated from college. And you would think being the language arts freak, that my kids would have all done, you know, some liberal arts. Oh no, they all went to Texas A&M and they are engineers. Oh, how funny. (laughs) They are well-rounded engineers. (laughs) That's great. So let's start, I mean, you mentioned that they're well-rounded. Let's start with why language arts is important because it may not be everyone's favorite area, but why yes. should we still make an effort, even if you have a more mathematical, scientific child? Yes, absolutely. The thing is, is that words are power. And language arts is about communication, written communication, spoken communication, verbal communication. All those things are so important. And they and that language arts, when you think about it, it, incorpor- it incorporates reading, writing. And here's my big word, thinking. You have nothing to say, nothing to write if you can't think and think critically. And really intensive language arts, what that does is it extends to all the disciplines. You follow pattern, there's math in in reading. You are following the pattern of the story. There's your math in history. You're looking at the same thing. You're looking at pattern. You're looking at logical consequences of behavior, all those things. So to me, language arts is foundational and extends into all the other disciplines. Oh, and I love what you said. Yeah. About thinking. I, I don't even know that I thought about that, that yeah, you have to have those thoughts before you can write them down or any of those things. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, and here's the coolest part. Sunny, think of this. God created the word world with what? With his word. Mm-hmm. And what did he leave us? His word and in the beginning what was there the The word word. yeah (laughs) oh that's so true yeah no I I've already learned something that's amazing I've I've never looked at it that way I've always thought of it as you know spelling vocabulary you know writing is its own separate thing just tools those are just tools (laughs) but that is great and of course sunlight is known for great literature Yes. So what skills, even before a child is able to read or write on their own, what do they learn from listening to those well-written books and then eventually reading them? Oh my goodness. So much. It's the same thing when your child is listening to good pieces of literature, you right there are broadening their perspective. They're able to consider well, how does this person over here feel? What are they thinking? And it becomes not all about me, 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 but it becomes about considering how do I fit in the scope of the universe? 
it also develops those critical thinking skills of, huh, so if, if you did this and this and this, how'd that work out for you? And you can, they can see that in story. And it's just like what Jesus did. He taught in story and he taught us how to live and how not to live in story. And that's the same thing that happens when we read those wonderful, rich literature books. And uh, let me look at my list because there's so much. I don't want to think of anything else. Oh, <laughs> of course, yeah. reading full books, that's why it's so important that I love sunlight because we don't give a kid an anthology where they've got like little short stories and they're, they're mm -hmm. you know, edited down. Oh no, we give the richness of the whole thing. Well, here's what that does. That creates the ability to think and sustain thought and put ideas together across an entire book. And you know what? College professors are saying that they're not getting kids that can do that. Mm -hmm. And kids who can read and have, and then read and read and read and read and read all through high school, all through their elementary schools, those are the ones that are able to put together logical, sequential thoughts and see patterns. They can see patterns between one book to another and put, put ideas together. It also helps us understand worldview helps us understand, okay, well, is that a good way to think? So you're evaluating ideas. And you may think these things don't start when they're young, but they do. Whatever that world perspective is that of that author, that is what's being taught to your child. And that's why it's so important for you to be there as a parent, because you have the maturity and the ability to explain and interpret all these kinds of ideas and what, what that worldview is coming from. So do you turn your brain off when you're reading even the simplest story to your child? No, 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 ma'am. We do not. We are thinkers. Yeah, that is so true. Yeah. And I know uh, one of the things I noticed in my kids when they started with sunlight, we started back in preschool was how good their vocabularies were even from oh, an early yes. age, just because yeah. they had heard these words through yes. stories. <laughs> right. They taught, they speak like short adults, like yeah. they really do. And, and notice that too, it's because they're getting those words within context. So it's mm -hmm. not some sort of boring list, like memorize the vocabulary words. Mm -hmm. It just happens naturally. And that's the best way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I remember my son one time said something, you know, in perfect context. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards he goes, what does that word mean again? And I thought it was so funny because I was like, you used it correctly. You must have heard that, you know, somewhere right. along the way as we were reading. Um, and speaking of the read-alouds, of course, that's a big part of our yeah. curriculum, yes. know, which is fun and it doesn't feel like school for a lot of families because you are just reading stories. Yes. But how do you develop those listening skills in young children? Because a lot mm -hmm. of, you know, small children can't sit still for very long. So how do you make right. sure they're actually listening? Right. And I think, um, and you're going to think this is a funny answer, but how do we learn to listen? By practicing listening. That's yeah. what we do. <laughs> and I think Sunlight does it so well because it starts off with those short storybooks. And then um, I think it's by the end of the pre-K, they're moving them into chapter books. And so actually Sunlight's pretty stinking sneaky because <laughs> they gradually grow that ability to sit and listen. Now, some things that you can do as a parent, if you see, you know, you have a wiggly worm and, and you know, in the beginning, that's the way it is. And that's cool. When, um, when my youngest was 
you know, little and he's listening to his older friend, his older friends, his older siblings, what I'm reading to them, he would like be playing with, I allowed, there were like certain school um, toys that he could play with like Legos or they can do a color page and they really are listening. You may not think they are, but kind of keeping their little hands busy. And then he would hear something. He would jump up on the couch, you know, like land on my shoulder and look at the picture for a second and then like jump back down, you know, and, and that was, that was his maturational level, but he was listening and they were asking questions. The other thing I would say is this, even at the younger years, you know, mom, it's all about you. It's your attitude. If you're enthused about the story, if you know something about the story, then front load, show them, oh my goodness, you're going to be amazed. Like today, this is what we're going to read. And if you need to, then read about the author. Where did they come from? Where did this idea for a story come? Show your child a benefit gain by listening to this story. So, and I call that front loading and you can front load yourself too. And another thing you can do to get those uh, listening skills going is, is um, wait a minute, let me look at my notes for a second. By having them respond out loud to you. So sometimes mm -hmm. I set the kids up and I say, okay, so you just listen for this one part because it's really cool. And when you hear it, I totally want you to get up and do whatever. Like if it's a little boy sometimes, because my boys were, I have four. Um, <laughs> so it would be, you get up and run around the couch and then tell me what you just heard. Mm -hmm. So part of listening actually is allowing them then to respond verbally and that'll improve their listening skills too. What I loved what you said about movement also, because um, yeah, I have my oldest is a girl and then I have a boy and they're five years apart. So the maturity levels are very different. The way they learn is yeah. very different. And yeah, my daughter used to just sit on my lap and listen to the story and she could answer everything. And, you know, it was very, the, the traditional school model of I'm going to give you information, now tell it back to me, works great for her. But my Correct. son- has to be up acting out the story. He wants to draw yep. a picture of the story. We enjoy like getting online and looking at pictures of the location. Yes. Um, all the so, things. Yeah, all the things. So I love that, yeah, it's it's okay to do that, to figure yes. out what works for that child. Yeah, you know, to make well, sure. Well, you're doing all the front load work, Sunny, and that's yeah. really good. That's called enriching it and making it wonderful. And the thing is, is what you're doing is training in your child for high school, honestly, mm -hmm. that is training for high school right there. Because before I open a book, if you were gonna read a like Heart of Darkness with a high schooler and like, oh good, let's go to the you know Heart of Africa and let's talk about jungles. And it's a it's dense reading. Joseph Conrad is very dense. Well, you know what? You've gotta look at, find out like, when did this author live? Oh, what? He spoke four languages, really? But he's writing in English and it's not even his first language, like, right? Like yeah. time to find the amazing, prime them, pump them, get them ready to prepare for whatever tale it is they're going to hear. And they're going to get far more out of it. They're going to be better listeners, better thinkers. Yeah. yeah. And I think not giving up on a book too soon. That also reminded me, you know, there were books that my daughter did not like. And yes. so I was kind of dreading them when it came to my son, like, oh no, not this book again. She didn't like that one. But then yes. he loved it and it makes yes. it more fun for me as a parent when the child lo loves it. So yes. 
ever since he started, you know, doing sunlight too, I'm like, okay, we're just going to do everything and start over fresh. Like we love all the books and we don't know. And yeah, you may find that a book you didn't like, you like more the second, third, fourth time around. Absolutely. (laughs) Because people are different, but what we do, like when I'm teaching my high schoolers, you know, I mean, is everybody going to say that they love to read the metamorphosis? No, (laughs) but, but can they, but can they appreciate what happened? Can they appreciate the writing? Mm-hmm. Right. So, so much is dependent, I think, on your attitude as the mother. If you're like, oh, no, not this book. Well, what do you think your child's going to do? <laughs> yeah, then they're going to think the same thing. <laughs> right. So find, find whatever it is that's cool and glorious. Like, like there's lots of ways that things can be beautiful. Lots of ways that things can be meaningful. So, so be flexible in that thinking to not have like this one path of what, what is beauty or what is meaning, right? Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Expand, be expansive. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So what do you do though, when your child is struggling with reading comprehension, maybe they are listening, but they can't retain, or they can't quite understand the information. You know, how do you determine if you need to slow down or try something else with them? Right. And I think it depends it depends kind of where they, where they are. Um, if they have, you kind of first want to determine, is it a readiness problem or is it really a learning problem? And I think the way you could determine the difference between that would be, is if you really feel like they're not making any progress after you're faithfully teaching them, you know, following what sunlight says to do in that, in that instructor guide for the long, for the language arts, like truly it's rich. It's wonderful. Trust the process. And if you're faithfully doing those things every day, um, then, and you are not seen, because sometimes it'll seem like you are trudging through the mud <laughs> and you're like, Oh my God, I cannot take one more word. So you're, maybe that'll go on for two or three weeks. And all of a sudden, like something clicks in their heads and they just go mm-hmm. and you and, and then you might come to another impasse and that, and that happens. And that's just the normal process of learning. And the thing to do is just remember to rely on what is in, you know, the sunlight curriculum for, for language arts, because it's so encompassing that part of reading comprehension again is being able to think. So if your child is really, really struggling with, with, and you said struggling with the reading itself too. Well, and with the reading. Yeah. So like, cause I know yeah. I experienced that where one child read young and easily and the other child could not remember letter sounds, you know, for a right. year. For like forever. <laughs> and, and so and how that's do you okay. No. Yeah. yeah. When, when it is a readiness thing, like what is a normal range of readiness sure. for reading sure. versus. Readiness mm-hmm. can be anywhere. I mean, they're like bunny rabbits. And some people, I think parents sometimes get all like out of, out of whack. Cause they're like, oh my goodness, my four and five-year-old is not reading at this point in my life. And you're like, okay, you need to take a chill pill because some <laughs> kids really don't get it till everything doesn't really come together till they're about seven or eight years old. So there is one line of thought where people don't even really begin formal instruction until they're like seven or eight. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, they're just reading, 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 reading to their children. That mm-hmm. works too. Um, other people, you know, you're anxious to be doing all the things and, you know, you want your child to, you know, shine and then, it, and it is hard. Like if your child is at, you know, if you have maybe 
you know, parents or in-laws who are like looking at you askance because you're homeschooling <laughs> and they're like, your child doesn't even know how to write their name. What's wrong with you? You're not homeschooled, you know? So mm -hmm. there is that. So if you delay, sometimes you have to delay because they're not quite ready. But so I would say four to eight. And then just remember too, that um, some kids, you can get them reading at five years old and then somebody else will start at eight. But I will tell you that it's, it's just like a race. It's like bunny rabbits taking off at the, at the start line. They'll all get to the finish line, just at different rates. And they'll get there and everything kind of evens out probably about nine, 10 years old, where whether you were an early reader or a late reader, well, pretty much evened out. And then don't forget too, that those littles, um, that's why sunlight keeps those lessons on, um, you know, having an actual pencil to paper in their hands, mm -hmm. um, things like that. Don't forget that their little eyes really aren't fully developed until they're about eight years old. So sometimes having them doing a ton, a ton of writing is kind of cruel and unusual punishment for them. Um, little, that's why we do little bits and what we do mm -hmm. is meaningful. Um, that's why. Yeah, and that is an interesting point because I actually did not know that until we went to the eye doctor a couple of years ago and my son, mm -hmm. he's seven now, so he wasn't even eight and they're like, oh yeah, he's farsighted, but that's normal at this age. You know, kids, their eyes don't come to their normalcy until they are about eight or nine, which is something I had never heard before. Right. Um, and I was like, well, I'm glad the eye doctor told us this. Um, and so, yeah, we focused on, yeah, the sunlight writing lessons, the copy work, the short little things, and then writing right. his name. But he could write his name long before he knew what the letters in his name sounded like um, also. So right. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Things like that, you, you don't have to freak out. <laughs> if you they're really, not- a, You really, I think just keep, you know, testing the waters and reintroducing and retrying. And again, that, you know, you kind of mentioned it, there is nothing wrong with it. Just because your child can't physically write it down or physically read it, there is nothing wrong with, you want to be feeding their brain and for you to be their scribe and to write down story for them is huge. Mm -hmm. Because what you want them to know, you're starting to, for them to understand that each of those, it's each of those letters are a symbol for a particular sound. And how you get there is different ways. Some kids catch that concept quickly, some kids not but they'll, they'll all get there unless there's a huge learning difference. Like they have, you know, a hearing problem or a, you know, eye problem or even dyslexia will eventually, you know, work itself out, but being patient with that kind of stuff. And I think giving them, giving them the support of still reading good, good literature to them and talking to them about it and letting them talk about it, have them telling you story, you write it down and then let them read that story back to you. And we know they're not really, but they are. Yeah. <laughs> they are. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It empowers them to feel like they, you know, are reading some and they might catch, I know both of my kids would catch certain words before others. And then yes. it all started to click. Um, but what resources might be beneficial if your child is struggling to read, you know, how do you know if maybe you should have them evaluated for something right. beyond the normal right. age? Again, I would say, I would say, you know, if you're reading, if you're reaching, you know, 78 years old and you've been faithfully, you know, you've, you've done, and that's okay. I want to make this clear that you want to make sure that what you're not doing is just phonics. 
or just like natural language. And that's what sunlight does so beautifully. It's a beautiful balance of what we call like natural language acquisition, natural and the phonics, and we're using them all together. And that is the richest experience that we don't, you know, we've not thrown the baby out with the bathwater. We are using all the pieces all together and how you think. So I would say probably if you've been doing all the things and, and, and consistently, and they're like eight years old and they really, really don't, they're still not putting sound and sight together, then, you know, some, some help probably. Um, another thing I would say is that for the, the fun tales that Sunlight has for the K language arts, um, even those, one of the best things you can do for your child, again, it's about thinking, it's about meaning. They're going to understand language better and be able to read themselves if they're thinking. So even those little books, the first thing you want to do is flip it over. And I think the first one is Pam and Pam mm-hmm. is a penguin and that, you know, alliteration there, like all over the place. And you could talk mm-hmm. about that, read about Pam, the penguin on the back, do some research. You see what I'm telling you to do? I'm mm-hmm. telling you to put the meaning <laughs> into it. And then I'm saying, so, and that's what you're going to do for a high schooler, but you're training your child on these lower levels. And then you're going to read the story about Pam mm-hmm. and you want to get it to the point where instead of your child going, eh, mm, that they'll get there, but to get them to be able to read that book, whether it takes 20 times or whatever, you help them find a different way to look at it each way. That's your job each time they read it. But you definitely, definitely want them reading it. So they're going, Pam, I don't remember the whole book, but, <laughs> but whatever it is, so that they're not just decoding and working so hard because that's awful. Let them repeat it till they can re- read it smoothly. And then for that, um, another really great resource, and this is just within the curriculum, is that first grade reader set and it's I can read that mm-hmm. is it I can read it or I can read I can it. I can read it <laughs> I can read it okay I can read it so you know that one book that has the word list and you might go mm-hmm. we got to read word list I don't want to read word list. <laughs> you're kind of cheating your child I'm just saying yes. because here's what happens again those words are within word groups and kind of rhyming and built the same way just changing a consonant you know in the front and really the best thing you can do for your child is play games with that. Let them read the words, word list that whatever it is for the week, and then time them and get faster or race with you or, and what that's doing is getting that fluency. And that's moving their child's brain from here because when they're going, eh, mm, they're thinking phonetically each sound symbol, okay? When you're getting that fluidity, and allowing them that time to read the page with fluid fluidity, that's going back here in your brain. And that's how you and I read. When you're mm-hmm. reading something, you're not up here going, who wants to read it? You've got to do that. <laughs> so it's that idea of giving them the time and the repetition so they get that fluidity and the reading is changing to the back of the back of their brain is really what you want to accomplish here. So and I love and- that. Yeah. That, that's great. And yeah, one of the things that we've always done at the end of the year is then we pull out one of the readers at the beginning of the year. Yes. yes. Because then the kids are like, this is so easy now. And they realize yes. it's super hard at first, but it's not Perfect. anymore. And so no. they what they've learned too. 
Yeah. Oh, no, that's wonderful. Exactly. Celebrate all the things. Yeah. Yeah. So some kids love reading, but they hate writing. This is a whole nother new set of skills that they have to develop. Yeah. So any suggestions when you're starting out teaching a child how to write to make it more fun and something that doesn't feel super hard, you know, when mm-hmm. you're starting that? Mm-hmm. This is the part where, do you remember when I was talking about how when you're reading with your child and then and then maybe you're writing and I said, so having them tell story, they can still tell story because your child can speak and mm-hmm. you're giving them all the other good literature that you're reading to them from, you know, the rest of the core from sunlight. So what you want to do is um, start modeling in those younger years, your actual thinking process when you're writing down it, Oh. Oh, this is the beginning of a sentence. So, okay, that's right. I need a capital letter. I'm going to put it down. Like that. I literally talk out loud. I still do this for my high schoolers when I'm writing the thesis statement. I think uh-huh. of all the pieces and I let them see all the things that are happening in my brain. So that's one thing that you can do to support your child. Another thing to do is um, when you get those assignments um, from sunlight that, you know, that um, usually the last part, the latter part of the week, you're, you've got your writing assignments. Um, you know, there's no problem with front loading again, doing the talking together. And I don't think that you just send your child off into a corner and say, here, you write. Here's right. your assignment. <laughs> you write that. It's just mean. Yeah. And again, because writing is about communication. Language arts is about communication. You want to develop all the pieces, all, you know, it's, it's not a, a one, you don't separate. Writing is really your thinking on paper, mm-hmm. right? So you want to show the thinking and you want to be a good model of the thinking. So front load, ask them about whatever it is, be their scribe, write it down, have them record what, record what they say so that they can listen to it the next day. You need to draw pictures. If you need to say, well, okay, so what was the beginning? Oh yeah, okay, what was the middle? Oh yeah, what was the end? So help them along in the process. And those are those very beginning stages. Um, and that makes it fun. And then celebrate every single thing. When you're looking at their writing, I go, oh my goodness, I see how you totally put the spacing in there. I can totally mm-hmm. tell where that word ended and this word began. Really good. And then I say, how did you know to put a period there? So we're talking about, oh, that was a complete thought. We had a subject and we had a verb, you know, we're all the things that we're, that we're talking about. Um, what else do I do? I, I just do the best I can to make it fun. Sometimes if you have to get out special paper, get out special paper, if that helps, get out the special pencil, you know, cause it's a moment we're going to write down our thinking. But I think taking away that fear of like, oh, no, it's a blank piece of paper. The reason why that's a fear is because if you don't have thoughts in your head that you want to talk about, that is a scary blank piece of paper. But if you've been fed and nourished with ideas and talked about it, you got something to say. It's not so scary. Yeah, that is so true. And I think one of my favorite things was when the uh, IGs went to color and those story yes. starter pictures were in color. <laughs> because yes. my, my oldest did not have those pictures in color. And it's, it's so funny to see it again with her younger brother. And he loves the story starters because yes. he's 
creating. And and I love that the Sunlight Language Arts weaves in different types of writing from week they to week. They sure do. You might have something that appeals to your creative writer, then you have the research paper writing and, you know, different types right. of writing. So right. I know a lot of people might think, oh, I'm going to skip over this one. But I think we both would agree, do not skip over those. No. Thing those skills, you know, whether it's natural. Right. Right. And the, and the thing is, okay, so maybe the perfect, the, like describe dirt. Okay. So maybe that doesn't rock your boat, but you know, that the idea is we're doing the descriptive paragraph or something. Mm-hmm. So find something that's more interesting to them, but keep the content true to, to yeah. the type of writing that you're, they're doing. And don't forget too. And I, I don't know if you use these, but you know, there's the phonics appendices in the back of the IGs. There's the spelling rules. There's report writing. They even have in the sunlight, um, you know, IGs, they have the rubric that it is a simple rubric, but it's helping you like to evaluate. And, you know, honestly, I've looked at rubrics for colleges, you know, for writing. And you know what the first question is that the professor is going to evaluate on? They evaluate, did the person answer the question? Oh, nice. Yeah. Which right? sounds obvious, but it isn't always if you haven't been taught to do that, right? Not <laughs> obvious. Did you answer the prompt? And so yeah. you're teaching your seven-year-old, mm-hmm. did they answer the prompt? So by skipping around, you're not really giving them that depth and breadth that they're going to need to be able to answer whatever kind of prompt that, yeah. they're, that they're going to get. So that's that's an important piece to, to remember. And even if like scary, you know, when you think oh, scary, I'm going to get to high school. Um, <laughs> this Writer's Inc. is really a great resource because it has um, writing like prose. It has ideas um, for poetry. It has cause and effect essay examples, has persuasive essays. It has re- full reports in here, you know, research papers. It goes through um, MLA, APA all the different types of formatting, um, it's all here. So you don't have to be like scared out of your wits. It's, <laughs> it's there. And you can, you can get your child through high school, you know, and, and have amazing writers. But I will say the most important thing about writing is reading, 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 reading. Because you have nothing to say if you've not been thinking. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I love that you brought up Writer's Inc. Because I was actually going to ask, like, if you as a parent are not a strong writer, or maybe you're doing some, like, because you want to read, but you're not a natural reader either. um, How do you teach and evaluate those older students effectively, you know, using the rubric or Writer's Inc. or something like that? Um, to, to make sure that you are, you know, grading those papers or those things that those kids are writing the right way. Sure. And the first thing I'm going to say is the simple thing of, did they answer the prompt? Mm -hmm. That would be my first focus. And if you had done, and then do you remember the diamond notes from, um, the third grade, we usually put in the third grade language arts. Well, Mm -hmm. that is pure gold. And the reason why is because that is the basics of any kind of academic writing where they're teaching the children, here is a topic sentence, here are three supporting ideas, and now we're going to round up the wagons and we've got a conclusion. And what all you're doing in high school is this, they're writing 
they're writing a thesis statement, which is just a big topic sentence for the whole paper, right? And then <laughs> all their topic sentences for their paragraphs are going to come from that thesis statement. And then they're going to use proof. They're going to use evidence to prove the points that they wanna do. Well, where does that proof and evidence come from? That comes from their reading, from their text, right? So if you, when you're reading with your child, and remember we talked about reading comprehension, do you see how tightly all this is woven together? Yes. When you're doing reading comprehension and, and you're reading, I don't know, give me a book, give me a, give me a young book. <laughs> the young book, uh, Red Sails to Capri. Okay, Red Sails to Capri. Oh, I love that one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so if you're reading Red Sails to Capri, um, the, and if they're reading it to themselves, one thing you want to do is like look for, you ask them a question, you're like, well, where was that answer? And mm -hmm. really getting that idea across to kids that when you're reading a book, that it's really a conversation between you and the author and mm -hmm. getting the idea that books are not like the holy manuscripts of whatever, that you should be able to write in those. And as simple as when the kids are young, like putting a smiley face by their favorite word or their favorite part. And what that does is that allows them as a high schooler then when they're writing, that they have a source, they have evidence, they have proof, and they know how to get that because you've taught them to look for where the answer is, where the proof is in those books when they were little. And so it's just yeah. a more advanced version. But I would say that the first thing that I always look for in a high school paper is I'm gonna look for, did they answer the question? I'm going to look for content. I want to see their thinking. And is it that they're spitting back to me or does it sound like they actually did commentary? Did they show me what they think about the, about whatever the topic is? Have they proven to me, whatever, whatever it is, I'm always going to look for content and even little kids stuff. I'm going to look for content first. And then I will tell you this, and this might make some of you feel better. The, um, you know, the grammar and the spelling and um, what else, punctuation, all that kind of stuff. It's important and it's important to do it well because sometimes if you don't do it well, it can impede and conflict with the message that the writer is trying to get across, right? If it's that full of misspellings, it's difficult to appreciate the writing, correct? Mm -hmm. But an encouragement to you would be that those are book learned things. Those are, that's really the easy stuff that you can get out Writer's Inc. and you can look up and you can use spell check, right? As long as you know which version of the, you know, homophones, and that <laughs> kind of thing. but you know, as long as you know what you're supposed to be writing. And then what the, the great thing is, is that the, it's the thinking, it's the content. And if you have fed and watered and watered and fed and talked to your child through great pieces of literature, then they're going to have something to say, and you can easily fix those kinds of problems, circling the grammar or, oh yeah, remember we, we needed a semicolon here. It's actually, you know, like whatever, those kinds of things. And you don't have to be fearful of like, well, I don't know all that, or I didn't learn it. So learn it with your child. I love that. Yeah. Cause Sunlight's IGs, they do give you all of those notes and yeah, even like the grammatical rules that you That's may not right. remember. Yeah. They are in there. And so I will say language arts is one of the areas where I like to kind of prep by reading those notes before I'm actually teaching it. Yes. 
where other subjects, I might just flip it open and ask them the question, but that is definitely yeah. one where I'm like, oh, if we're talking about, you know, two vowels together and which one makes the letter sound, mm -hmm. you know, we're reading or right. yeah, capitalization, right. quotation marks. I do like to make sure I go yeah. into it, kind of knowing what we're going to do. Um, and you mentioned that content is definitely the most important focus. I think so. But do you, so then how do you weave in like grammar, spelling, those things? Like, do you correct it as the child is learning or do I, you wait? I certain? do. It, it depends on how much. Okay. <laughs> so it depends <laughs> on how much we've got going on. If, <laughs> if essentially, you know, the spelling is okay, but really it's the grammar that's glaring at you. Or maybe it's a, something as simple as word choice, you know, or maybe it's something like, um, as, what does it be for an older child? Like you're really trying to impress upon them active voice. And I love sunlight because they start at active voice way back in elementary school, yeah. way back. So all these things are taught. And again, and okay, I'll just get off just one moment of my soapbox because you know how I feel about it. <laughs> but that copy work, people, that mm -hmm. copy work copying good language and learning everything, the grammar, the spelling, the understanding of punctuation, even imagery, even parallel structure, all of it that comes from that copy work. That's how sunlight uses it. And that's so much more powerful and meaningful than filling out workbook pages of find the verb. Find the subject like, oh, that's a thriller. Just do it in context. So all that to say, what I usually do is I'll pick something. Always go for content. And then whatever it is, it seems to be kind of the Achilles tendon. Then that's the thing that for a few weeks, I'm really going to focus in on that and see if I can't get some improvement. So I, I will circle or kind of point out. I usually like to have a verbal conversation, but it's more as a, as an editor to a, to a writer or as a friend to a friend and talk mm -hmm. about, this is a great first effort. So let's see what we can do. And there's nothing that I ever write that I don't sit on it for a couple of days and to teach them that writing is a process. It's not something to be hurried with that we can go back, just like what you said, or you can go back and look at a book and, and enjoy the celebration of it. Same thing. Mm -hmm. What was in your head when you were writing something let it sit for a few days, you go back and you see something new and there you go, you, you edit, you know, you, you redo. So I would definitely say, I'll, I'll point out the spelling or something like that, but you want to make a focus element of whatever it is that you feel is like the, the most um, critical at the time. So always content and then pick something else. And then you just kind of talk about the other. Yeah, well, and I like that you brought up, you know, authors do not submit one draft and that is their entire book, right? <laughs> they, no. they go through a whole revision editing process. And That's so right. teaching your kids to do that, you know, while they're young, it can mm -hmm. only make it easier for them as they get older. I know you mentioned the importance of copy work. Are you able to get by if you just do the sunlight language arts? Do you need to supplement? Should you, is focusing on the copy work and what's right. in the Right. You know, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't really think you need something extra. Um, I didn't use it. And, and, you know, my kids went to Texas A&M and they're, you know, they're engineers and 
they have, you know, doctorates, some of them. So, so, and, and that's in STEM, but they can write and that's, what's unusual about them. And I didn't do a whole bunch of extra stuff. You have to depend upon like, trust the curriculum, trust mm -hmm. the language arts. It's been well-researched. It's well-documented. Um, copy work is one of the most meaningful ways you can do it. And it's not handwriting practice. Handwriting practice is handwriting practice from the handwriting books. That's just mechanical. That's how to make the letters. That's a mechanical process. Copy work, you could make it handwriting practice, but that's not the point of it. Copy work is, and I will say this again, copy work is like your core exercises for your body. It strengthens your inner self, your inner core so that you can do sit-ups so that you can do leg lifts so that you can do arm lifts all those things come from copy work that's the importance of it and that is how I kind of said it before do you want me to repeat kind of said it before <laughs> or no that's great yeah I think but just stressing the importance of that but it's not the same as handwriting you know no. and really as our world becomes more digital you know the handwriting is a good mechanical process but if you think and about you professionally, it. you know, you're right. going to have to type and things like that too. So, right. Yeah. As long well, as and language arts includes print, hand print, cursive mm -hmm. and typing. Yeah. Right. You need all three. You learn all of it. And let me just point this out. You know, sometimes I've, I've seen or heard moms go, but the language arts just takes so long. <laughs> okay. Remember <laughs> what I said about it being foundational to, to, in my world, the rest of the curriculum. It is mm -hmm. because yeah. it's about communication. That's what history is. That's what science is. That's what math, like, right? Computation. Then you're, what are you going to do with that computation? You use it yeah. for something. So all, so it's foundational. So if you think about it, language arts encompasses reading, writing, public speech. It, it includes grammar, spelling. Did I name them all yet? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let me look, let me look to make I sure. I don't think so. Well, you brought yeah, up okay. thinking, point, like... speaking, vocabulary, reading, mm -hmm. handwriting, spelling, grammar, public speaking, and creative writing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so many things. <laughs> those are all the skills. So yes, you're doing mm -hmm. a huge amount when you're doing language arts, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why read, 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 write, 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 think, think, think. If you want powerhouse children, yeah, you read, read, read. And I'm just going to say, talk, talk, talk. You yeah. talk to them. Talk and to that's them. that part of that talking out loud to your children as you're thinking through something or as you write it down or you're writing a note to some, like whatever, use the teaching moments. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And what you brought up about you know, we know history because it was written down. The things we learn about science are because they've been written or communicated to us. And so it really is foundational. And if your child is able to communicate like that, they will be able to excel and advance in whatever field they go into um, right. or whatever they do. So and yeah, they that... may be the weirdo too, because like my, my child, <laughs> you know, he can obviously, you know, smack down any chemistry, physics, or math, you know, like with his eyes closed, probably, but he is also an incredible communicator and able to take really difficult ideas and communicate it on my level. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah. Things that you don't know as much about, he's still able to articulate that. He can get it down to a layman's terms because he was raised, raised on sunlight and sunlight curriculum. And I will tell you this, I, here's a good story. When he was, he was eight, he hated, he hated writing, hated it. Loved, 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 loved reading. I couldn't get enough books for him. You know, he was a book pit. But that child, when he was, um, it was about eight years old, this wise woman told me, she said, you know what? You're asking that eight-year-old boy to do a lot. You're asking him to think and use his hand and get messages from his brain down to his fingers onto a paper. And so she said, just have him copy. Just have him copy good language. And, you know, we did that for about six months. And I think that eased the tension for him. And, and then eventually he just started becoming this prolific writer, but I took off the pain of, for an eight-year-old boy having to think and produce something amazing at the same time. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. And knowing your kids and what they're ready for and you know, mm-hmm. striving when they're younger and then allowing them as they get a little bit older to combine all of those processes together um, Rhonda, thank you so much oh, for discussing language arts with me. I, like I said, I feel like I've learned so much and I've been an avid reader my entire life. And yeah. I still, you brought up so many things um, that I had not even thought about. So thank you yeah. so much. Um, yeah. And then as always, if somebody's confused about what level their child's at or what they need, they can always reach out to our Sunlight Advisors, Absolutely. Uh, assessments online. and They're great. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So thank you. I really appreciate your time yeah. today. And hopefully we get, I think we gave a ton of great information. <laughs> My pleasure. I loved it. Thank you. Thank you for joining us here on the Sunlight Connections podcast. You can also visit Sunlight Curriculum on social media, in our Sunlight app, or at sunlight.com. I am Sunny from Sunlight, reminding you to tune in next time.